0: Tony D. Yeah. Tony D. Welcome to the Sex Travel Sports Food Podcast with your host, Cousin Cornbread on A-N-D-S Radio. That's Ain't No Damn Station Radio. We're delivering this straight to your earphones, your car speakers, and sound bars. On that Wi-Fi, hotspots, Ethernet, T1 lines, shared data plans, or however you get on the internet, and we about to go ahead and get this commentary in and solve life's problems. Y'all ready, set, go. Yeah, 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 it's called bread. (laughs) It's your favorite play cousin. Back up on this joint, man. Cousin Cornbread on the Sex Travel Sports Food Podcast, man. And uh, this is the first episode for 2019, so I appreciate everybody that's that came back from 2018. You know what I'm saying? If you're a return listener, I appreciate you. You hear me? Everybody that's that listened through episode, this is episode 24, everybody listened to any episode up to episode 23. I love y'all, man, for coming back, leaving me reviews sliding in my DM, inbox, all that stuff, giving me feedback. I appreciate all y'all, man. You hear me? And um, this episode right here is gonna be all about Egypt because that's where I spent the latter part of 2018 and the beginning of 2019 uh, over in Egypt on a 10-day trip over there on a big group trip, actually. And that was uh, coordinated, by the Haitian Nomad. So shout out to the Haitian Nomad. Y'all can look that up, Google that. Uh, This trip was put together by that fine gentleman. Um, And also that on the group, on a group trip, it was uh, Sisters Traveling Solo was also on that trip. Uh, It was like 90 people on the joint and it went very, very smoothly. Uh, Logistics was popping. They had everything under control on that joint, man. So shout out to them for putting this joint together everything y'all about to hear about happened on this trip that was coordinated by them <laughs> uh so you know good and bad but ain't no bad stuff for real I we had a wonderful time well i had, had a wonderful time anyway um i think everything went very smoothly the whole time so i'm about to give y'all just a little rundown man of how the trip went and um and some just highlights, some little funny personal story that happened on the trip, all that good stuff. Y'all know how I do. all got crazy, crawly, crazy stories, you know, but um, what I am going to keep, uh, I'm going to definitely still do my fun fact, like I started doing, uh, my fun fact of the, show of the episode and the week in Caucasity, as well as the week in Black Cassidy. okay? Because y'all know I keep it fair. I talk about the Caucasians, and I talk about the black people, you know, because everybody be on some shit out here. You hear me? <laughs> But uh yeah, man, look, so the fun fact I'm gonna I'm gonna keep everything Egypt, alright? So on the fun fact of this show or this week, we're gonna go with this right here. So look, you know, everybody, you know, this is cuffing season and all that, right? Everybody trapped in the house on the East Coast, DC, New York, Connecticut, Jersey, all that man, been having all these crazy snowstorms and all this, so if y'all follow me on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, then you probably saw me talking about, you know, people getting stuck with this government shutdown in the house with the snow and with all this stuff. And Trump ain't letting us go to work. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a lot of furlough babies popping up. All right. <laughs> y'all going to get a lot of little furlough families. You're going to have a little furloughisha, furlough Mina, a little furl furl for the boys. Okay, out here popping up because y'all ain't had nothing else to do but sit around and, and have sex and watch Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Even Netflix raising the money, raising the price on y'all. You know what I'm saying? So that's all you. Re- a lot of people gonna really have right now, and they're trying to say that money is out here just you know making babies. So one thing I came across is um, on, in Egypt they had back in the, you know, I guess with the ancient times, right? The Egyptian women would urinate on either a wheat seed or a barley seed, or I guess a handful of seeds or whatever, but they would pee on these joints, right? And that would be how they predicted what the sex of the baby was going to be. Ain't that crazy? So if barley grew out of this, out of this handful of seeds that she peed on, then it would be a male baby. It predicted a male baby. If she peed on the uh what I say on the wheat seeds and the wheat grew, then there was a female baby. Ain't that some crazy shit? Like who can who even thought to pee on the seeds that you was going to eat? Then what kind of foolishness is that? <laughs> Why is y'all people just be doing all kinds of weird shit? I mean, that's how you don't know, how people be coming up with this stuff, man. And so, if nothing grew from the pea seeds, then they thought that she just wasn't gonna have no baby. You know what I'm saying? So, the crazy shit is that uh, NIH, the National Institute of Health, up here, actually up here in Rockville, Maryland, near DC, they tested this joint, man. They tested this theory and had people, they had chicks come in here peeing on barley and wheat seeds and seeing if it was gonna happen, and then you know if we was gonna predict it. And it was actually accurate 70% of the time. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Like who comes up with this stuff, man? Crazy ass Egyptians out here peeing on here. <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that's like the most random shit. But that's a fun fact and it's actually true. And it's related to this Egyptian topic, okay? And then you got this week in caucasity, okay? That's if y'all like, anybody that's new, uh. I always take credit for making up the word called okay. Um, okay? But it's been going around the internet now for a lot, for a few before, probably since, like, I don't know, probably for the last year or so, but I definitely made that shit up, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna take credit for that. Uh, just like Timberlake bought Sexy back, okay? <laughs> we all know Sexy there, but he bought it back, so I bought up caucasity or whatever. But look, so besides Trump, who can always be an example of carcacity. Like basically every week um, I actually have my personal encounter with carcassity when we was over in Egypt and Cairo just now on this trip now the people who listening who were on the trip and the organizers if y'all listening y'all didn't even see all this popping off on the last day of breakfast okay the last day we about to leave go to the airport and uh, you know we all standing in line for the omelet station. You know how to, you know, the breakfast is go. You got the omelet line. And we was right in front of the little breakfast trays or whatever to get the tomatoes and the potatoes or whatever in the little serving dishes. Right. So while we standing there, it's two, two ladies behind me and I'm standing there and I see a RWM sliding up on the back of the, uh, on the back of the counter. Now, the RWM is a rabid white male, okay? I'm just just making that up right now, okay? That's what he did. Now, he's not a regular white male, right? He's not just like a regular person. He's rabid, because by what I'm about to tell you, what he did, right? So, you know, he slides up the bar, so there's space between the bar and the people, right? And, you know, it's close, so he needs to get in there, and the normal people would say, excuse me. I want to get to the potatoes. Excuse me. I need to get to the whatever, right? I need to get to these eggs. Instead of him doing that, he just puts his pelvis on the bar and slides up and bumps and nudges his way down the thing. So he gets to me, and I don't move. I saw him coming, right? The two the two ladies moved, and I was like, "Why y'all move?" And he gets to me, and I didn't move because I'm I'm three fifteen. He couldn't move me. <laughs> So I stood my ground like, a you know, like the Florida man be teaching me, you know what I'm saying? So I stood my ground and this fool has the nerve to hit me with like a chicken wing and hit me in the side. Oh, man. (laughs) So he hit me in the side. Right. And I turned around and I pushed him in the chest and I said, are you serious? I'll fucking kill you. If you need to get past, you better say, excuse me, like a rational human being. Say, excuse me, you fucking idiot. That's what I said right in his face. And I looked him dead in his eye. And he turned like tomato red, like red, you know. And he mumbles, excuse me. I got to get food. I need food. I need food. That's what he, did. he like, Kirked out. He like, went. He blacked out. And so his caucasian rage kicked in. And I was like, yo, I'll kill. Like, I would literally on my last day in Cairo kill you right now. Like, I don't care. But then I, then my mind kicked in I was like, damn, I can't go to jail over here in, uh, in Cairo. Cause all I got is prepaid legal shield. <laughs> I'm a my lawyer, I don't know prepaid legal work over there in Cairo, if anybody knows. I never really read that part of the policy. You know the terms and conditions on that. If I was gonna have coverage in Cairo. But I replayed that shit in my head and I was like, oh man. I can't believe this mother stepper actually hit me with a with a elbow dead ass. Like that's some craziness right there. He was real bold on that because I could have like just, just ended his whole life right there. You know what I'm saying? But it's so crazy that he had that, he felt so entitled to that space. Like he didn't he didn't feel the need to have to engage with us in order for him to get what he wanted. And that was crazy to me. I was like, man, this dude crazy. I knew, you know, he had a little man, he he must've been a little off, because normal people, under normal circumstances, he shouldn't have done that, surrounded by all these black people. <laughs> Especially with me, like, I, I can't, you know? but maybe I wasn't looking intimidating that day. <laughs> or maybe I only look intimidating at the white people in the United States, or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he had that Cairo, he a Cairo, the Cairo Caucasian, don't give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, man, it was crazy. I was like, yo, this dude is wild. And then I replayed it. I'm like, man, I should have just knocked his plate on the floor. That's what I really should have did. But I ain't thinking about that at the time. I was just so amazed, and I just had to let him know. And I had to cuss. As, as soon as I looked, down, I just cussed "You, I'll kill you. <laughs> like a fucking idiot. I said, you a fucking idiot, man. That joke was so crazy. But anyway, if I was in the U.S., believe me, he would have got dragged across all the warming dishes, dog. <laughs> Cause yo, he he was he, he had got the right one on that time. I don't think he thought I was gonna push him. That was the crazy part about it. I, I, he wasn't expecting me for me to react at all. It was crazy. So yeah, man, that's this, that's that's this week in the carcassity from Cairo. That was my carcastic encounter, dog. Sheesh. Right? And then in the black acidity for this week. I'm to still keep it Egypt and it goes out to the Egyptians who were trolling us as black people, right? Like they was, they was kind of trolling us a lot, man. They was like, welcome home. My cousin, we are the same color cousin. Welcome home cousin. And I was like, Oh shit. At first I ain't get that. They were just saying cousin, like in they were just talking, saying cousin in general. You know what I'm saying? Because at first, you know, because I'm cousin cornbread. So I was like, hold oh, on, they, they said this podcast in Egypt. <laughs> then I was like, oh, they just trolling out here with the with the uh, with the cousin joint, right? Because I heard them say the cousin. They said, oh, you my brother, all that stuff. But initially, the first cousin I heard, I was like, oh, these motherfuckers got that. Cor- hey, sex, travel, sports, food, popping in Egypt. You hear me? I'm out here. I'm international. <laughs> but yeah, man, they was trolling with the with the welcome home cousin then they was like give me one obama dollar one just one obama dollar whatever you can do (laughs) i was like what first of all y'all got to update the script okay because first of all obama is not the president no more okay and second of all he's never going to be printed on any money okay no u.s currency will ever have obama's face on the currency, so there's never gonna be and there's never have been an Obama dollar. So I don't know where y'all came up with that from, but y'all stop that right now, cause y'all trolling, okay? Y'all shouldn't troll the black people like that. Did y'all say that to the Caucasian? Did y'all say that to the French tourists? <laughs> Hell no, they ain't say that. They ain't say that to to Nancy from New Hampshire either, right? They ain't say that. So don't come at me with the Obama dollar. You ask her for Obama dollar. <laughs> And then they just yell out random stuff, man. This happened to me everywhere, like any kind of place, any kind of black tourist spot, you know, especially in the Caribbean. You know what I'm saying? But over here, too, they just yell out random black people, random famous black people. (laughs) They call me Mike Tyson Hey, Mike Tyson. (laughs) I was like, hey, first of all, y'all need to chill because I don't look nothing like Mike Tyson. Right, then they be like, oh no, you strong like Mike Tyson, knock out, knock out. Nah, I ain't knocking nobody out, man. Y'all gonna stop, uh, what'd you call the word? Not generalizing. What'd you call the word? I forgot the word, I can't think of the word right now. But yeah, y'all gonna stop doing that to me. Y'all gonna stop. Trying to oh, profile, I'm gonna stop trying to profile Cousin Cornbread out here knocking motherfuckers out. Except for this dude in the in the buffet line. <laughs> From early, the Caucasian the buffet line was about to get knocked out in real life. I would have been Mike Tyson. <laughs> but yeah, man, they was just like, just they just say anything, you know what I'm saying? And then they sell, they try to sell you all this stuff, man. Calendars and coins all these little figurines and rocks and whatever, you know? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't need this stuff, man. Like it's not personal. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it's not that I don't want your stuff. It's just that I don't need a calendar. I don't need coins. I don't collect coins. And I'm sure if I did collect coins, I probably wouldn't get the coins from you standing out here with a bill fold. Like, a, uh, what'd you call it? Like a trapper keeper, three wing binder full of coins, that's the same thing. You ain't got no special coin that's worth nothing. <laughs> oh man. And then I just be, and then they just be like, oh, well just give me something. So when I say I don't need it, just give me a little something, anything. And I'm like, for what? Why would I just get, randomly give you money? Like, well, I, that's not what I do with my life. <laughs> Who does that? You just walk around giving people money? I don't do that personally. You know what I'm saying? You gotta do something, do a trick or you know, I don't know. Do anything. If I don't want your goods, then you have to provide a service to get money. You can't just get money for being alive and sitting there. That's weird. <laughs> I wish the world were like that shit. But yeah, another thing I do with the black people when they do that, because they always try to troll, right? And they go, oh, where are you from? And i be like, they, they expect you to say the United States, right? But I always tell them something else. So I'll be like, I'm from Canada. <laughs> and look, this dude was like, so they yell out anything, right? So he was like, "Oh yes, oh yes, my brother, Canada Dry, Canada Dry." <laughs> I was like, "Canada Dry," <laughs> that's all you come up with, Canada Dry dog. Come on, Shotty. So you just talking about ginger ale? <laughs> that's how you be gonna connect. You gonna get? A, I'm gonna give you a tip for saying Canada Dry. Boy, you, we gonna get out of here. But that was a good one, though. Canada Dry. That was that was funny. That these made me laugh. You know what I'm saying? So. But yeah, man, that's the that's the black acid for this week. Them just trolling and talking about you the cousin, you the brother, give me some money, blah blah man, get out of here, dog. For real. But um, yeah, man, like I said, I was over in um in Egypt and was over there for nine days, and we traveled between Cairo, uh Luxor, and Aswan. That's what we did. We we went we went down the Nile River you know, south on the Nile River. And as we went south, the joint got blacker. Just like everywhere else, the south side (laughs) is always black. Even the south side of the Nile, or the Egypt, whatever you wanna call it, is blackity black. Okay, you start off uptown, (laughs) we started off in Cairo, and then went down, and it progressively got blacker. I guess that just worldwide, no matter where you live, the south side is where the black people congregate or get forced to or whatever it is <laughs> but yeah man let me let me start y'all off though with even before we get to Egypt let me let me just run something down real quick I need to clarify that I' I'm, I'm in DC right and this trip though it left from JFK in New York so that's where we that's where this whole trip started off at and because of my bad planning I ended up driving up to New York the day of the flight at first I was gonna go up the night before but anyway I messed up the plan ended up driving up there today the uh the day of the flight and I spent a whole bunch of time time looking up long-term parking before we went up right so I did exhaustive research and a coupon that I found online <laughs> I ended up at this joint called the JFK Inn all right, JFK N that they had that offer parking, right? Because one of my homegirls mentioned, "Oh, look for parking at some of the hotels." They was all sold out, but anyway, this JFK N joint pops up, and it was like less than a mile from the airport. So I was like, "Yo, this is a bet." All right, so then we all everything was cool. We go, we park, leave the car there, whatever. We when I got back, I'm gonna just fast forward this to when I got back. Car was still there, still in the same size. So I parked it in, and I'm thanking God because I drive a stick. So I think they probably didn't enjoy riding my joint because it was a stick, okay? But this is the crazy part, man. The JFK Inn, okay, it is clearly some kind of uh, rent-by-the-hour spot, like where you can rent a room for the hour because – it was a lot of suspect activity going on, and I'm not trying to snitch on them on this show, but uh, there was a lot of mad, the random chicks in dirty flip-flops with no bra hanging out in the lobby, hanging on the couch, titties out, like, just real casual, you know? And My Little Pony leggings and all kinds of just, like, kind of loungy-ish, like, I'm at my house type shit versus I'm here for a night stay or for a weekend stay. You hear what I'm saying? So, and there was some suspect, little shady characters, some men and stuff going in and out of that joint, man. So y'all be careful if you're parking at the JFK Inn, Uh, even though it ain't never happened to my car, it was a great price. Get the coupon off of uh, way. I is what I use. So make sure if y'all going to use the long-term parking, use that joint. All right. I recommend it. And they got a shuttle bus, even though the door handle don't work on the back of the shuttle bus. <laughs> dude that picked us up, dude that picked me up from the airport in the shuttle bus, he gonna, he was yelling from the driver's seat, jiggle the handle, jiggle the handle. <laughs> I was like, first of all, I think you're supposed to get out and put my bags in the back. That's what I think. That's what I'm assuming. Assuming your job is not to just yell jiggle the handle. <laughs> But anyway, man, that JFK engine was shady. Uh, we get in the airport and um, going out there, the security line at JFK was terrible. All right, It was completely disorganized, like a whole mess. Um, but they got these fancy x-ray machines where they have a tray return. Now, I know at the DCA airport, the BWI, they don't have a tray return in the x-ray machine. That was fancy. I like that. Everybody should get that. <laughs> so you had to go gathering up the uh, the trays and stuff no more. But look, so we get through the security, and because I'm fancy now, and I use my Amex Platinum card to get lounge access, um, I searched for a lounge to go into, and this junk is called Wingtips in there, and it was at capacity. So I was really appalled by that thing, and I realized I was very privileged during this time because I didn't understand why I would have to sit amongst the commoners on my trip on my while, while we waited, you know what I'm saying? But apparently there's a thing called lounge hopper where you can get access to the lounges. So that's yet another thing I got to register for to have lounge access. So I got the Amex, I got the American, uh, Admiral club, all that stuff. Right now I got to get down lounge hopper apparently. So I just realized that was my uh, traveling privilege that kicked in right there. So, you know, make sure if y'all go to wingtips doing any kind of, uh, any kind of high capacity time that y'all go and join this land hopper thing or whatever the hell it is. Right. So fast forward, we bored, right? We do all the stuff. We bored. Let me tell y'all something, man. Everybody that got on this damn plane coughed and hacked for 10 straight hours. Right. I was on this damn plane and I was like, yo, in addition to this bootleg security check they doing, they need to do a damn wellness check. <laughs> okay? They need to scan scan you or wand you or something with a swab, I don't know, and check for the flu, cold viruses, bacteria, whatever on your hands and your face. Period. Because these airborne diseases are going to just get circulated in this dirtball-ass plane for the next 10 hours. Y'all trying to kill everybody. Like Literally, everybody around me was coughing and sneezing the whole damn flight. If you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, when I post the pictures, part of the pictures will show you this lady who coughed the entire flight. I just took a picture of her because she was a dirtball. For real. I got—I mean, I felt like I needed a neti pot, orange juice, Vicks Vapor Rub, Tussin, uh, hot stone massage, all kind of shit before I get over there. <laughs> so it was crazy. And then, Finally, we finally land, right? We go ten hours. Everybody coughing, dying. You know, giving us all the airborne diseases, foot and mouth disease, bird flu, everything, right? Flight attendant, the flight attendant is handing out the immigration forms, and she, you know, she's giving them out, and she's like, "For how many?" You know, asking how many people, and I was like, "Oh, just one," and then she bust out laughing. She was like. <laughs> i was like, what the hell wrong with you? She was like, oh, you single. That is funny. You single. See, me? Me? I'm not single like you. I said, bitch, what the fuck are you laughing at? (laughs) Like, why is me being single like the funniest thing she had heard all day? She was like, I'm not single like you. And she was there. She could not control herself. I said, lady why are you laughing at me? Like, that's crazy. She's like, I have a husband. <laughs> I like, well, good luck for you. I don't care. Don't be loud lie- Why would you laugh at somebody like that? She don't know my situation. <laughs> I could, I could, uh, I could be newly single and depressed and she just out here just laughing her little life away. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I might be going over there to find my wife or something. She don't know my situation. She, just, she shouldn't be laughing at people like that. She would like literally bust out laughing. I'm not single like you, ha ha ha. Bitch, if you don't just give me this damn immigration form, get on. <laughs> but yeah, man, I thought that was so weird. Like that whole my whole experience, even just getting over there in the first place from the from the shady ass JFK in to uh to me being appalled by not having lounge access to this lady joning on me for being single. I was like, yo, this is they doing too much. <laughs> So yeah, man, we get over there. The first the first few days um we spent at Cairo. Um and clearly that's where the most famous tourist site is with the Giza pyramids and the Great Sphinx and all that kind of stuff. And um crazy thing is on the way from the airport to the hotel, I fell asleep. All right, so I wake up and I look out the window of the bus. And I, we were at the hotel, like waiting for them to scan the bus or whatever. So I look behind me and I see the the pyramids, right? And I'm like, "Wait, are those real pyramids? Like just chilling across the street from the hotel, or are these like some fake pyramids that they just like kind of scattered throughout the city to have like a whole pyramid theme of Egypt type thing for tourists or whatever? Right? Like are these like fake me out pyramids or those the real pyramid? Right? Because for me, they didn't look that big." And I guess it was because of the, the elevation or the distance that we were from them. Um, I couldn't really gauge how big they were at this point. So I'm looking and I'm like, man, these don't look like the damn Luxor Hotel in Vegas. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm so disappointed because I had PTSD from when I went to London and went to Stonehenge, right? So I was so psyched about going to Stonehenge, which is like a hour and a half, two hour commute from London. When I went over there and the Stonehenge site wasn't that exciting. So I'm like, oh, here we go again. They done hyped up some other shit that, that ain't even gonna be popping, right? But it was crazy. Like, I was like, man, are these damn, they done set me up again. But then the next, then we get over there the next day and I'm like, oh, okay, it's popping. <laughs> it's popping, popping. You know what I'm saying? And, you get up on them and they like, it's, it's really that big. They really that huge. Like each, each stone was at least as tall or taller than me. And I'm six feet tall, six foot one. Okay. So you got these big old stones, man. Them am done over six feet tall and there's thousands of them. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you look at this done, you just like, man, this don't is incredible. But I'm standing there, sitting there, trying to take in the grandeur and the magnificence of uh, all these this, this great pyramid, the first one we went to, right? And then I was immediately surrounded by five hustle men trying to sell me scarves and calendars and coins like I told y'all, man, Obama dollar, give me one Obama dollar. Oh, my brother, my cousin, welcome, welcome home. Do, 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 do. Yo, so that junk was the theme of the trip. Right, like I was at the Great the Great Pyramid and I really don't even remember that shit. Okay? Because I was surrounded by these damn hustle men the whole time. Luckily, I took pictures, okay? Because between me trying to listen to my tour guide, we had like these little walkie talkie things. Between me trying to listen to the tour guide, make it in the group picture, and fight off these hustle men, I don't even remember being at that great pyramid for real. I got pictures that I was there though. And my man, uh, my my, my busmate got caught up with some dude who told him he was the the last, the last sage. <laughs> he was one of the last sages of, of of Egypt and told me to take a picture of him. You know what I'm saying? I said, man, this boy ain't no this man ain't no damn sage. He just old. He just an old Egyptian. <laughs> he just an old Egyptian that's hanging out at the Great Pyramid. You think if he was the last sage, he would just be hanging out here? just hanging, trying to sell you rocks and coins and shit. (laughs) Ain't no damn sage, man, for real. But uh, all I remember, the first stop is just, please sir, please make a tip for me. That's one no buy my dollar, That's, that's it, that's it, please. And I was like, that's it, that's all I remember from that first stop, that was our first stop on the tour site and that's all I remember, it was terrible. So then we wrap around the backside of the pyramid and did like a camel ride down to the bottom On our way to the Sphinx. And if you've never done a camel ride before. I'm going to just tell you right now. That that shit is harder than it looked. Okay. Because. I don't know if it was just our camel. Or just the way they had these joints set up. But. They only had one stirrup. On the camel. So I'm already hanging halfway off the joint. Because I can't get a grip. On the other side of the camel. So I'm hanging off the side of the camel. After they stood up. Right, and I got big feet. I wear a size fifteen. I ain't want to kick the camel and get it mad, and like or something. I ain't know what to do. I'm all, I don't really fuck with horses and stuff like that. Cause I don't trust them. Cause they're too big, and you never know if they wild out. That something might happen. Okay, so first of all, one thing you got to realize is that the sand in the desert over there by the pyramids is not like soft beach sand. Right, it's hard gravel. It's rocks and gravel with like a little sand dust sprinkled on top of it. So I guess aerial shots and real quick pictures, it look like it's sand, but it's not. It's just rocks and dirt. (laughs) Rocks and the hard earth. Ain't no damn soft, you know, beach sand. So I'm up there in the air, and I'm like, man, I'm at least like eight feet in the air. And all I was thinking about was, if I fall off this joint, I ain't going to recover for the next two, three days because I'm not, because I'm old now. I'm almost 40. If I fall off this damn camel, it's going to be a wrap. <laughs> and the camel ride just ain't comfortable. It wasn't comfortable for me at all, man. It was too high. It was too route, It was just too much. It was too much dirt. It was cold. It was windy. It was just doing them like, and then, of course, because of how my life goes, I um, I had a camel that was a little aggressive okay and he was real nosy and so we get over to these this other group of camels who had a thug camel who was picking on the other camels and they started having like a little fight almost the camels were fighting each other you know like spitting at each other and wigging their heads or whatever and here come my camel who wasn't in the fight but he ran over there like world star <laughs> and started like trotting over there I was like oh nah 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 shot it Hey, yo, uh, uh, man, come get this camel, dog. Like, I can't be involved in no camel or camel violence. I'm on vacation, dog. Come on, man. Come get this rope and get this camel under control, man. I only got one stir. I don't speak Arabic. I can't control the camel. It's going to be just dangerous, okay? They like the Jones. No, i like, man, come get this goddamn camel. (laughs) So then we go down to the Sphinx and, uh, the Sphinx was cool. So we, you know, see the camera down, they get out there, they, they asking for tips the whole time. We get down there, the Sphinx is cool, everybody doing their little kissy face, you know, standard pictures with the Sphinx. You know, you get the angle, like you kissing the Sphinx, right? But the funny joint is, I, was, I had like went up on this little rock next to it to get away from the crowd. And there was this, this gay dude up there. This, <laughs> he was doing like a flying position with one leg up and his arms out kissing at the Sphinx, I guess, on, on the, from the angle. And his boy was like, yes, bitch, you work it, yes. <laughs> Snapping and everything. I was like, oh, shit, they up here living their best kissy face Sphinx life. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for the uh, the sashaying that was going on up on that rock, man, with the Sphinx, for real. <laughs> so look, so then we leave there and we go to this shop where they where they clearly funnel all the tourists right so like our buses took bust us over to like this shop you know like a little jewelry shop or whatever you get the little wooden crafts or whatever and the metal stuff and they all say it's handmade right so everybody running around this store it's a jewelry store everything's supposedly handmade but i'm like whole time i have seen the same quote unquote handmade stuff in jamaica I done seen that same box in St. Lucia, Cancun, everywhere. I done seen all this same handmade stuff all over the place. So Y'all must, they must handmade it somewhere and then they ship it to all these people. <laughs> right? So it's a scam, but whatever. It's, it's how they get their money. Right? But the main thing that they were selling in this place, all these things called cartouches. Right? So a cartouche is basically just like an oblong shaped piece of jewelry. You know, it's even gold. Uh, or silver and it has your name written in it, right? It has your name written in the hieroglyphs uh, and it's supposed it was historically representative of somebody that was royal, right? So, but now they make them for everybody. It's cool. as a thing to do. Get your name in a cartouche, right? So the cartouches were going for like the gold ones were like 14 or 18 karat gold and them joints was going for like 300 piece, $300, U.S. dollars. And I was like, oh hell no, Charlie. But the silver ones were going for like $20 or $30 for the little basic one. I guess so. I'm like, man, is silver really that much less than gold? Sheesh. But um, yeah, so I was like, oh hell no, I ain't messing with none of that stuff. And then they had, but people was in there buying them because it's, it's the thing to do, it's a keepsake, it's a good piece of good, it's a piece of jewelry. And, you know, it's unique. You got the Egyptian hieroglyphs on it. I get it, right? Then they were selling, like, all these or- other ornamental things, like all these boxes and uh, whatever, you know, all the standard stuff, right? And um, they was in there. One thing that I, I liked were the boxes because I keep all my watches and my cuff links and all that kind of stuff on my dress. I like little boxes and stuff. So I'm like, how much are these things? And your boy's talking about six to 800 Egyptian pounds, which is like 30, $50, 35 to $50. And I was like, oh, hell no, nah, dog. <laughs> I just felt in my soul that I shouldn't be paying 35 or $40, $50 for a box. That's just how I felt that y'all have a whole bunch of. Like, if it was like a real unique box and they had like two or three, maybe. But now you got a whole wall full of boxes and I'm going to pay $35, $40 for one. Nah, dog. And then I knew that we was going to the trap market. Like, the we was going to the outdoor Trap market, the, the swap meat type joint the next day. So I was like, let me just hold off. All right. So we're going to see, we're going to see, because uh, I had to, like, I couldn't fathom paying that much money for it. But yeah, I remember that story because later on, I actually got a box and I'm going to tell you about that. You know, even though I was getting scammed, but y'all going to hear about that later on. <laughs> so then we, uh, we, we leave the, we leave the little funnel spot. We leave the little, uh, jewelry spot. And we hit another smaller pyramid and temple excavation site. And um, in this one, we actually went into the pyramid, right? It was, and it was tight. You literally had to like crab walk your way through these little halls that they had built or these little tunnels they had built into it. And um, I didn't go in the great pyramid because the Haitian nomad told me on the side, I was going to be too big to fit comfortably. In the pyramid opening, in the little um, tunnel that they had built into it. And, you know, he's a petite dude. So when he told me I was going to be claustrophobic and boxed in, I believed him. You know what I'm saying? So that jump definitely saved me because I heard from some other people that went in that was very uncomfortable. So, you know, so shout out to the Haitian Nomad for letting me know, you know, as a big dude with these shoulders, the way my shoulders set up. (laughs) that I was going to be in that junk and need an emergency excavation. <laughs> they was going to have to come and re-excavate the damn pyramid if I would have got stuck in there. You know what I'm saying? Sheesh. That junk, I was like, man, I ain't get to go in there. But that one we went into, it was real, it was real low. You know, luckily I've been working on my yoga and my stretching so I can bend over and walk through this joint. I got videos of that. If When I post them, y'all will see that joint too, man. But then later on, We get back to the hotel. I know we done gone through. We know we done went to this, uh, that pyramid site. Hung out there. We that pyramids and dirt all day, right? So we leave there, go back to the hotel, and we go to dinner. And what they were telling us was a a traditional Egyptian restaurant near the hotel. Um, And long story short, the food that we got there was, mm, it wasn't great, but they had this dude in there as the entertainment he was doing this crazy twirl dance right it was an egyptian dude with hair all the way down his back right head down his bed right all the way down but he had on a dress like a dress that flared out at the bottom like in the middle like waist high had a little flare in it and he had these christmas led lights on the joint and his whole deal was that he spun around so that the, the dress, like, uh, flared out. And then he turned on the lights and stunted on all the hoes <laughs> with the hair down his back. <laughs> so I was like, yo, I ain't never seen a, a, a man in a dress with party lights on it with his hair all the way down his back twirling on these motherfuckers out here. I was like, oh, this is very interesting and entertaining. I mean, because basically outside of a drag queen brunch that uh, my sister dragged me two years ago, I ain't never seen a man in dress dancing, for real, in real life. So it was very interesting. i was like, is this what they do in Egypt? And he had some kind of, uh, he had some kind of like boxes, like nesting boxes that he had that he would make all these shapes and stuff with. And he spun around the whole time, though. I don't know how he wasn't completely dizzy the entire time. I have no clue. But Yeah. Yeah, y'all, y'all see that too. If you go look on the when I post the videos and stuff, man, that joint was crazy. And you can see all the bald head joints in there hating because he had long, real, long hair like Troy Palomalu, if y'all know who that is. From the Pittsburgh Steelers years ago. His <laughs> bit outside soon game was all fleet. <laughs> For real, man. And then uh, yeah, so look, so we went up, so we we over there, we eat. Food was whack, but they had this Egyptian dance hall queen up in there, and he was killing it, okay? So we get back to the hotel right after the night, wrapped up the night with, uh, we played some spades and dominoes and smoked hookah all night. And the good thing about the hookah was that it was $5, okay? And then that same hookah in D.C. or New York or wherever you probably live would have been $20, $30. So basically everybody had a hookah on the table. We were starting living our best life over there. And the other great thing about this night was that me and my partner, Kathy, ran to Boston on them haters, okay? So if you play Spades, you know what that means. If you don't play Spades, go ask a Spades player and say, look, is it good that Cousin Cornbread ran to Boston on the haters? And they'll tell you how great that was. So that was great. I ain't ran to Boston in about five years, okay? So that was cool, and then all that, all that shit I just been talking about with y'all, I think probably for the last thirty minutes, all oh, that was day one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's why I'm tired right now. This is this is January twenty second, and I'm still tired from this trip. And that's gonna, that kind of shows y'all why, man. And um, you know, for the rest of this time, y'all will understand. Well, I'm gonna have to go ahead and like kind of skip through a lot of stuff, man. Cause if I get y'all play by play, this joint gonna be about seven hours. <laughs> and I'm just man, I was so tired, though. Like we did all that day one and the whole trip was like that. And then it didn't help. I had my roommate, you know, we was doubled up. So my roommate, man, my man, he was he was a great dude, man, but shit, man, that man snored so loud, man. Like he built like, he just laid railroad tracks all day with his bare hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just worked 18 hours a day, no tools. Just, he just, he whittled the, the wood with his hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just a hard-working dude. <laughs> I was like, man, this dude snores crazy. And I and I'd have heard from my, uh, my past booze, current booze, future booze, whoever. I'm sorry if I snore like that, man. Sheesh! Because, hey, that snoring was shaking the bed. Okay, I had earplugs in, pillows on my head, ain't nothing happened, nothing worked. My man snored. It it made the furniture was moving. (laughs) I was like, Jesus H Christ, superstar! (laughs) Snoring was real. Like I said, he cool, but man, well, I'm at the we 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 end up having to sleep in shifts okay you know that's what ended up happening so we end up having to go ahead and swap it out and be like look I'm going to go take a nap now you come you come sleep later because that that's the only way I was going to get rest on this whole trip well <laughs> yeah man uh, so yeah so that was day 1 and then um uh, shoot like the next day we went go to the the muslim side of town where we visited a mosque and We went to the little main tourist outdoor market that I was telling y'all about called Khan Al-Khalili, I think. Khan Al-Khalili. And that's where I got scammed uh, buying these Galabayas. And the the Galabayas are basically these ankle length garments that both men and women wear over there, right? That's like the standard dress, I guess. Um, And I swear I probably paid like $30 too much for these damn things, but Apparently, you know, according to me doing some comparison that my joint was a better quality. But I was in there debating with this dude forever. He going to ask me what I wanted to pay. I tell him that he got mad. <laughs> I'm like, well, you asked me what I wanted to pay. I told you. But, um, you know, they was going back and forth. We had the security, the security guards following me around. He had the Uzi on them. It was crazy. That's one thing we did. We had a whole like, you know, side is that we had armed guards with us the whole time we was there. And the, you didn't really notice them a lot, but they was definitely there and they definitely followed us all over the place. So that was that was cool and kind of creepy at the same time we think about it. But yeah, Um so yes, I was in this joint, man, and you know, getting scammed for these Galabayas. But remember that jewelry box I wanted to buy at the beginning that was for like six hundred to eight hundred pounds, right? So like $35, $40 dollars. These joints was only 300 to 500 pounds over here, which was like, you know, $15, $20, right? $15, $30, $15 to $30, something like that. So I was like, oh, man, see, I knew that joint, man. They was over there scamming. And then some of the homies had already bought the joints over at the previous place and then came over here. See, they basically like almost half price. I was like, man, they they out here scamming. They supposed to be your cousin. (laughs) It's not about, hey, I'm your cousin. I'm your brother, but they out here scamming. Come on, man come on sheesh but yeah man then i don't get it man i don't know why people like to scam in life but we ain't gonna get into that right now but and then later that night the same the next night this is day two next night there was this thing called the light show at the at the Giza strip at the sphinx right so i'm like oh yeah we gotta go to the light show we got to go to the light show because, you know, it's about to be party, right? It's about to, they about to light the sphinx up. It's going to be lit. Man, we get over there. That joint was the most terrible light show you ever seen in your life. <laughs> it was bootleg, y'all. Even our tour guys was looking. We got back on the bus after that joint. They was like, man, I'm sorry I did this to you. Because <laughs> I'm thinking it was going to be like a laser show, like a laser show with, some, you know, the, the lights timed up to... Or whatever music and all this kind of stuff and shining up on the pyramids and whatever no that joint was bootleg it was some dude from 1965 reading something out of a social studies book <laughs> right and it was like a movie reel like a real to real movie camera that they had back there putting this thing on the side of the sphinx man on this wall in front of the sphinx I was like man I'm appalled about this okay they should never let no they should never let nobody go watch that again. That's the biggest scam in Cairo. So if somebody if you go to Cairo and they tell you to go to the light show, don't do it. <laughs> and it was cold. It was like cold, cold too. Like you had to have a coat on cold. Right? So that was another thing. It was cold the whole time. Like if somebody would told me I was going to Egypt for ten days and I was gonna have on a coat 60% of the time, 70% of the time, I said, you would be a whole lie. <laughs> but nah, it was dead-ass cold the whole time, man Like, But it was crazy, because in the morning it'd be cold Midday it was warm or hot Then it'd be cold again at night, every single day And then some days it ain't never get hot It was cold the whole damn day <laughs> But long story short, don't go to that light show Hey man, what's going on? This is your favorite cousin, Cornbread I'm coming through letting y'all know, man I'm about to break this episode up into two parts and so that was part one man and um because we run a little bit long i'm gonna break it up into two parts so the next part is gonna be running y'all from day four through day 10 with me as i uh cruise down the nile river uh from luxor to Aswan on the riverboat so make sure y'all check out that part two um that's going to that's gonna walk y'all through all that stuff, man. Y'all found out about how they had the Beijing bids back in B.C. And about how y'all boy, Cousin Cornbread, almost got left sitting at the dock because the damn boat then pulled off on your boy. <laughs> yeah, man, so check that out. But I wanted to let y'all get up over of here, man, right quick. In case you got to go do some fake crunches in the gym, pick up your bad kids, or just get into work, get your iced coffee, do whatever you're going to do. And then y'all catch back up on part two when you can. And if you can't right now, go click that jump and listen to it right now. All right? Appreciate y'all. Log out.